You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everyone, John Wertheim here. It is this week's Sports Illustrated slash Tennis Channel Tennis Podcast. The U.S. Open is now behind us, and we have a theme podcast this week, Battle of the Sexes. This, of course, is the Billie Jean King movie. Uh, it premieres on the 22nd nationwide. It opened during the U.S. Open, actually, at Telluride Film Festival. And in conjunction with the U.S. Open, there was a big publicity push. Um, a number of us were able to interview some of the principals, Emma Stone, and Billie Jean King among them. Also had a chance to talk with uh, Elizabeth Shue. Sort of Jamie Lasanti, you were too young for this. You know what it felt a lot like? Parent-teacher conferences. You just sort of went from one station to the next. Uh, Alan Cumming was in position A, and Billie Jean King was in position B. But I did a Q&A with Billie Jean and Emma Stone, um, a conversation, an excerpt of which runs in Sports Illustrated and online this week. So the first... Uh, podcast we'll do is the audio outtakes from that interview. Interesting conversation. Again, obviously, Emma Stone plays Billie Jean King in this movie. I have to say, too, sidebar, Jamie Lasanti, have you seen the movie? No. Do. It's quite good. It's uh, it's way better than you would have any reason to expect it to be. There's some really nice touches. I'd say it's not, not really a sports movie, per se. There's no great suspense. We all know who uh, wins the big game, but... Um, they did a really nice job with it. It's not a documentary. I mean, it's a movie. So they, the, the love scene, the, the whole relationship between Billie Jean and Marilyn Barnett is played up more than I think you will see it uh, in, in books and other accountings. But I, I think the, they did a really nice job with the 70s, sort of the 70s verisimilitude. But they also did, the, the cameo steal the show. Fred Armisen and uh, who's the other guy? I'm blanking on his name. Who's, who's the other? Not Bill Hader. Who's the other guy from Saturday Night Live? Um, great cameos. So um, I'm going to remember his name. He plays a disc jockey in this. But um, anyway, let's uh, so let's do. So here's how we're going to do this. First, here are the outtakes from uh, Billie Jean and Emma Stone talking to, to them together. 
interesting dynamic. Obviously, Billie Jean is uh, a sort of expressive personality, and I've known her forever. I'd never met Emma Stone before. And then we talked to the directors, who I liked a great deal. Jonathan Dayton and Valerie Ferris, two directors. I was saying to them, two directors usually means one director starts and is under contract and gets fired, and the next one has to come and uh, take over, but they're both under contract. That was not the case. Jonathan and Valerie are a husband-wife team. They did Little Miss Sunshine. They also got their start in videos. We talk a bit about that. Again, Jamie, you are way too young for this. Ever see Smashing Pumpkins Tonight Tonight? No. Great video. Plays off a silent movie. Uh, they did that. So they got their start in videos, You're and then they moved on to cinema. Um, we're both revealing our age here. But um, anyway, so let's let's do this. Um, let's start with Billie Jean and Emma Stone. This is sort of a, a fun conversation. This actually was right before the women's final. So this was on uh, Saturday. I guess that would have been September 9th at the, um, in the Players' Garden of the U.S. Open. So here were the outtakes you can read. Um, you can read a transcript on SI.com and in the magazine. Uh, Billie Jean and Emma Stone. All right, you start, Billie Jean. How'd you start? You, how'd you do? <laughs> she did great. Are you kidding? I'll tell you, okay. For all of us who've seen tennis movies in our lifetime, I think the bar's been pretty low. But this one, <laughs> I think they did a great job on the tennis, which is, I think, always one of the challenges when we do our sport because it's such a difficult sport and it takes so many years. And uh, I, I was really impressed. You saw, I, you saw yourself. You saw yourself in her uh, red. Her mannerisms, her voice—it's eerie. You're, you may, I told you when she, when they announced when they announced the announced the match at um, is it mid Midtown not Midtown Town Tennis. Her voice—if I closed my eyes, I would have thought it was me. I'm not kidding. I was like scary. It was she got her how she captures the voice. I don't know how she did it. What what is this like for you, Emma? Where <laughs> what, what is this like when you you're playing someone who you know it's not. Kirsten Dunst and Marie Antoinette. I mean, you're, you're playing someone who is uh, still here and telling stories, but you're playing her 40-some-odd years ago. What is it like playing a character? It's very interesting. I mean, it's the I think the, the pressure is obviously immense because I wanted to live up to Billie Jean, which no one ever can, so I had to let myself off the hook for that. But, um, it, you know, just getting to, getting to know about her life and her story and, and what makes her her was just it was an honor. How did you do that? A lot of research, a lot of, I mean, I talked to Billie Jean a little bit, but it was mostly watching footage from the time, reading interviews from the time, uh, reading about uh, basically everything before the age of 29, so that I could try to create like a capsule of this human being in this, in this point in her life without the sort of circumspect, obviously, and retrospect that she has now. Your, your approach for this role, do you say, I, I, I know that match, I know all about that, or did you say, wait a second, I, I need to... <laughs> What, what I don't want to learn. Her mother knew about the match. Come on, come on, John. This is so cute. Her mom saw the match. Yeah, it was. It, it was. I, I had a lot to learn. I had a lot to learn, and it was incredible to learn. And what's so exciting also to me is that, you know, being I'm I'm about to turn 29, and I'm you know about same, to be the age, age that Billie Jean was, was in in this, and it's just so exciting to think that my generation is going to get to see this story in a brand new way and understand the shoulders on, on which we stand. It's very important. What, what is this like for you? I mean, I can't imagine what it's like to see my life being portrayed by another person. What, how, how did you prepare for this? I don't think you can, but I, I think Emma was really brave because I'm still alive. And I think that has to be so much more pressure on someone. So I was trying to think what she must be going through. And I, and I thought, well, how lucky am I that we're, they're even going to do a movie? Uh, 
on the battle of the sexes because it does talk about all the things that I truly care about, you know, equality and Title IX was a year before. Uh, all these things were happening, Highland Women's Movement, Vietnam was calming down, Watergate was heating up, Roe versus Wade. I mean, it just, it goes on and on. What was going on, it was very tumultuous times, but an opportunity also at that time to move forward, to move the needle forward. And I hope that this movie will, you know, be relevant and that we, we're gonna have a lot of college kids and, and high school kids. We're gonna try to have dialogue around it and try to keep pushing forward with this idea of equal pay for equal work and just really try to to move in every way, uh, you know, respect and authenticity, uh, to move it forward, equality, it's just for all, it's just everyone. There's a line from the movie where the women are playing for a $7,000 purse. You, you come here, purse at the U.S. Opens, $25 million at the Billie Jean King National <laughs> Santa Center. I, I want to ask both of you, I mean, I, I can only imagine what it's like for you, but what is it like having played this role and seeing the fruits of this? It's unbelievable. I mean, this is my first time at the U.S. Open. This is my first time in, in this world, in this major of a way. And so I'm just, you know, I'm I'm pretty stunned to see all of it. And it's, it's just incredible. It's incredible. Where, where are you between this is... How do you feel? Try? Yeah, how do you feel? Exactly. About what? About the prize money or Emma or what? <laughs> how do you feel about in this movie in which you're portrayed, the women are scratching and clawing for a $7,000 purse and you come out here at a tennis center named in your honor where the winner of the U.S. Open is going to make up a $4 million. Well, it really makes me happy. It makes all of us happy that we're from my generation because uh, our generation did it. The original nine, which is really exciting because the original nine are in the movie in the, you know, Rosie Casals and Val Ziegenfuss and Nancy Ritchie and, you know, all these people are, are in it. And are, that's the only thing I ask the directors, please put the original nine in it somehow. And, uh, you know, we remember our, when we formed the, uh, when we, when we signed that $1 contract and then later did the WTA, um, our, our dream was that any girl born in the world would have a place to compete because they were dropping tournaments. I don't think people realize they were dropping all the women's tournaments. So we we're going to not even have a place to compete. So I wanted, we wanted a, a place to compete to be appreciated for their accomplishments and not just their looks. Because if you listen to Howard Cassell when I walk in, he didn't once talk about my accomplishments. He talked about my looks. Oh, if you do this, take her glass, she could go to Hollywood. And then the third thing is to make a living because we used to make $14 a day. So we were very clear on what we wanted when we started this, what we wanted for the future generations. So I love it. We love it when we talk about it because they're living our dream. They are living our goal and our dream now. So when they get the big check, what are they getting this year? Almost, almost four million dollars. So I think it's great. <laughs> now, we just want a couple percentages. No, no. <laughs> oh, you, uh, no, but you, you mentioned that Howard Cassell talked about your looks when you took the. Court. That's all I, I, I go about. on your. I go on your IMDb page. What does it say? Husky voice, blonde hair. Yeah, it's um, always about our looks. Where, where are we in this? In this. I don't want to say race. Where are we in this journey? Oh, I'd, I'd like you to answer that. Well, I think if you look at traditional media. Uh, 95% of media is still controlled by men, and it was in my day, and we need that to be more 50-50 and reflect America, um, especially with um, different cultures and all that. We don't have it still. So um, we were just talking today. Um, most of the people we're going to be speaking with, you know, we have a big itinerary and everything, but is that a lot of them are women. And that, when, I was, when we were first playing or I was first playing, I was talking to men all the time. I never. I went into a, a conference after a match every night, um, 
especially on the indoor tour, well, the Virginia Slims tour, and there would be all men in the room, which was easy for me. I grew up with my younger brother who played professional baseball. My dad's a jock. I mean, I grew up with two guys, so I got it. It's really easy for me. But I, I thought to myself, boy, if I was a tennis player that didn't grow up with men in my life like that, I don't know, I don't, I think it'd be a lot harder than them. It was easy on me, but I got along great with them. So it really helped. But there were no women when we'd come in, no women that were in the news at all, uh, not on TV or on in, in print. So it was, I used to think about it, it'd be nice if we had more variety and all that. Well, I was going to ask you, yeah, I mean, some of your colleagues, probably most notably Jennifer Lawrence, have talked about equal pay in, in Hollywood. Did that have resonance for you while you shot this? I mean, I think equal pay in general has resonance for hopefully uh, most people, certainly for women, because uh, women are on the receiving end of less pay. So, um, of course, I mean, we're discussing the battle of the sex is the beginning of the WTA. The, you know, it was just like we were talking about it so often and thinking about it so often. It's, it's incredible to be, you know, telling a story that takes place 44 years ago. A lot has changed, clearly, what you were talking about today, prize money and all of that, but the, but a lot hasn't too across our nation, you know, at the, there's, there's so much, we still so have so far to go. So to be reminding people of what has you know occurred in history and how far we need to push is is incredibly exciting. It was hard to watch this movie, I thought, and not see this through the prism of today's political climate. I mean, I don't know when yes. you were. I, I suspect you were shooting this when it was still possible uh, we were going to have a female a president. Ago. Yeah, it was right before. It was before yeah, the yeah. election, right? Yeah, it was a year and a half ago. Yeah, yeah, a year and a half ago. Yeah. Sean, how did that inform things? I think in, in one way, uh, because we don't, it's just another reminder, this, this battle of the sexes is another reminder, we have a long way to go still. Yeah. You know, we have a long way to go. Baby used to be our slogan. Well, we got rid of the baby at least. <laughs> and we've got a long way to go still, and we do. And, and there's so many battles, and every single generation has to, to win it over again. You know, Coretta Scott King talks about how every generation has to win freedom every time. Mm -hmm. It's the same with equality. Freedom is a big part of equality. So it, it really resonates with me when I read her quote about each generation has to start over winning freedom, you know, and earning it and getting it back. So I think we're in that, we're right in that middle again, that area of we just have to keep moving forward. But it's up to the younger ones, you know, Emma's age and even younger, you know, it was the Z Gen and beyond, and babies that aren't even born yet, that they have to keep doing this. It's the right thing to do. You know, it's not just about you, it's about everyone. And we'll we, have, we have to teach our children respect for each other and get rid of bullying, and, and that semantics are powerful. Be kind, be good. I know it sounds maybe goody two shoes, but it really works. The wheels are turning. Tell me about this. This is a wealth of this is a treasure. This is a wealth of stories. But you also want to render this in your own. You want to put your own interpretation on this role. How did you sort of gauge the distance? I don't know that it was. I don't think it was putting my own inter. I don't. My intention definitely wasn't to put my own interpretation on it. But it it did quickly need to become capturing the essence rather than any type of impression or or anything like that. It was important. The physicality and her voice obviously was very important to me because they're definitive. But but. In terms of her spirit, I knew that that was, I was only able to do the essence because again, you can't live up to Billie Jean King. You know, when people ask me about the, ask me about the movie, um, 
they said, what do you think? And I, and Emma just used the word essence. And I would say they've captured the essence. And that's all I would ever ask for. You, in, in a, it's a movie. It's not a documentary. I was going to say, you keep saying movie. We're, no, but we're everybody, distinguishing this from yeah, a documentary. Yeah, because people yeah. keep thinking, oh, what if it isn't accurate? What if it isn't this? Forget all that. Did you capture the essence of the moment right. and the people of that moment? And they did. Every single actor was... I mean, I knew mo I knew all these characters. Sure, sure. I don't know how they do it, but they did it. I mean, Rosic, you know... Alan like, Cumming had too much hair. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. How did... Uh, I, I was like... I felt like I was watching Michael Scott with a forehand. Um, <laughs> you ended up, in the end, having this nice relationship with Bobby. How did, how did you come to perceive Bobby? Well, I mean, I think Steve played him so beautifully and, mm -hmm. and with such complexity that it was it was very easy to feel sympathetic toward Bobby. It was easy to understand that he had a lot of his own you know, personal struggles, but he also was a great player. And Billie Jean really outlined how much respect she had for him and and how much she studied him and was inspired by him and that's why she beat him so i i think just going into it knowing that it was it was easy to find him funny and to and also watching you know footage of all of the hoopla surrounding the battle of the sexes you know she billy jean so easily laughs with him or or sort of you know just doesn't entertain the is it threatened by the the nonsense and can see that it's showmanship and so I think that kind of uh, confidence and stance was really was really wonderful to to get to sort of slip into because it you know everyone's sort of a, a another step in the in the fight to equality and no matter how foolish they may be <laughs> but I like entertainment so it's easy <laughs> but yeah you like it I love entertainment yeah I no and that's what we're there uh... for it's not about it it's about the people it's very yeah. simple actually. Yeah. Right too. I mean, I thought I saw tennis in this a few ways. First of all, it's like a doubles team, right? It's like a shotgun partnership versus someone you play with. Does it help to have worked with your co-star? Oh yeah, but we only had maybe one scene. I was going to say there was a lot of scenes and then we only had one or two scenes together in oh, this really? movie too. Yeah, I mean, they, because the stories are being told sort of simultaneously. So, um, but I love him. I think he's such an incredible actor, and so I was I was very excited. So, so in tennis, player wins a major, right? They win this event for the first and it totally recasts them they get a different locker room sometimes it, it puts them in a different light how is winning this is the first film you've done since winning an oscar how is that oh changed things? it's i mean not much i've got the same same goals same outlook i'm very grateful it was a really fun night and such what, an honor what are, the, what are the goals oh just to you know take my work seriously but not myself seriously that's pretty much my whole yeah but i love the fact that she, she, she talks about growing and learning and uh, all the right things you know i think that's the way emma's gonna be the, her whole life that so. she's a hard worker she wants to do a great job as an actor she's wanted to be an actor since she was six i think it's like a player saying i want to be a lot of i was never i want to be number one in 11 but she was right. six even way ahead of me <laughs> and you know and then she tells her parents we need to go to la and she does this whole powerpoint when she was 15. i mean she she was very um focused from a very early age what she really wanted so I mean, she she really works hard. I mean, she it's like an athlete. You, you know how hard you really have to always keep working and keep and what, being challenged. What happens as an athlete when you when you win something like this? What happens to you just after? Well, each person's different. But for me, I was already thinking about the next thing. But I That's think a great question. But yeah, I think yeah. what was going on around me at the time, around everyone, we didn't have the time or the capacity to 
have a chance to really enjoy our victories because there's so much going on. Yeah. I mean, there's always meetings. I'm always thinking, oh, we got another meeting. I, I'm holding up driving. I, oh, I got to have a meeting with the players, and you know, and I never really ever had a chance to just chill. In real, I, in looking back, I, I, I personally should have enjoyed my victories more. I did not enjoy them. But it's so hard to know very, that in the moment. It's, but it's a very fleeting moment. I've asked her about the same thing about me once a movie's over. It's but very that's fleeting. The best. This is why it's good not to talk to her before you play her at 29, is that she tell you, right. I should have enjoyed my victories more. And then you go, uh oh, uh oh, uh oh, I better, enjoy can't enjoy the victory. Exactly. <laughs> it's got to just happen organically. The, uh, but it is hard in the moment. It's so hard to be, no, you know, hard. that age and in the middle of all of this, you no, know, 28 stars. Oh, God, it's a crazy old. time. Well, that's what I thought. I mean, it's a crazy it's time. Really time. It I it takes, think you're supposed to be so grown up by now. No, you're no, no, still no. growing you're not, up. So don't, much. You were never grown up. Um, no, that's true. But in your 20s, I think when you find out who you are a little bit. Oh, yeah. Right. And then in your 30s, you start to get, okay. Like when you're choosing another human being to live with, or oh, I can't wait! I can't wait. Thirties, it gets me calms down a little bit. Thirty comes down. Oh. You told me that. Does it? No. Your thirties calm down. But I think you know yourself better. You know yourself better. I, I think like you start that. to know yourself better in your thirties. But that everyone's different on that journey and in the different timing. Some people know themselves in high school. You know, they really do. What? Yeah. Uh, what? What? I, I mean, you said it's not a documentary. I, I thought, I mean, in the retelling, the love interest, you, you and Marilyn is something that I, I hadn't heard in that level of detail. Were you, were you comfortable with that? And I also want to Comfortable with the scenes or comfortable? Yeah, I mean, I just... No, I'm not comfortable. comfortable. I'm not comfortable in the movie at all. I'm not comfortable, period. <laughs> I'm very uncomfortable. I'm full of pain. I'm full of joy. I'm full of retrospect. I'm full of, did it come out the way I wanted eventually? I mean... Uh, What's your answer? I think... I'm one of the luckiest people in the world, yeah. I've got lucky. But I kept thinking, I wonder what... It's horrible to watch. <laughs> Why do you say that? It's just difficult. It's hard. It brings back all these memories, man. It is stuff. But it was such a triumph. It's tough stuff. Right, right. It's tough stuff. We're still not winning. I mean, even the LGBTQ, we're not, we're not there yet. But that, well, that's what I want to ask you. Look at the trans in the military. Look, I mean, it just goes on and on. You know what I'm? I have. I am really fortunate that I met Renee Richards in 1977. That helped change my life to understand transgenders. And you know, I don't think I've talked to him about this yet. But um, just to have her in you my life, and she's now my my ophthalmologist. And I oh no, I've yeah, talked to you, yeah. but not in great detail. Yeah, yeah. But just to spend you know time with her before. I mean, the women were irate. They didn't want her to play on the tour. And I said, just calm down. I'll come back, talk to doctors, went and, and, and met with Renee and listened to her for four hours. And, you know, I just loved her after listening to her. And then I said, I went back and had to tell the women while she's playing. And they're going, oh, what are we going to do? The shower room, the locker room. And I said, all right, let's just see what happens. Let's give her a month. After one less than one week, the women went, she's the Oh, she's. I'm, you, I'm so happy. I, I heard a little bit about this no, when I first met Billie Jean. But no, I, that was amazing, amazing um, journey, and how that even evolved, and having a, a greater understanding of people um, that I wouldn't understand otherwise. But, but I kept thinking, holy hell, if, if you lost this match for some reason, the oh, story I thought veered, about that. But the I, also, whole time. I also thought, if, if this Maryland story is as prominent as it was in the film, that takes the narrative in a very different direction too. That, we wanted, I think. Not we, um, Valerie, um, Ferris, and J Jonathan Dayton, the directors who had the final say. Um, they, I thought it was brilliant the way they did it. Even with that, that scene where Larry's going this way and Marilyn's going that way around. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, right, I mean, right. but just the complexities in Bobby's life and my life, 
and I, I, I think, uh, I think they did a great job. Is it exactly accurate to chronologically? No, but that's not what a movie's about. It's a biopic. It's a sliver, the sliver of time and getting the essence of it to me. That's what to me, that's what what about. You're the actor, you can tell what me. What do you think it's supposed to be? I think well what inspired me so much about about this this story and playing her in this time was that it I think I I have such a knack for perfectionism. I want to get all my ducks in a row before I, you know, before I say something or I, you know, it's so funny that she says that I'm eloquent because my biggest, my, my biggest thing is, oh, I don't know how to say anything. I never get my point across the way I mean to. I mean, I you're say kidding. it all wrong. No, it's, this is, no, you're you know, it's your own mental stuff. No, but I'm just telling you, you're and unbelievable. So, and so I, <laughs> one of the great things about this was the idea that you can be figuring out who you are. You can be making quote unquote mistakes or not mistakes, but you know what I mean? You can be doing things that you think you shouldn't be doing or so worried or not getting enough sleep or, you know, losing when you should be winning or winning when you don't know how it even happened because you weren't in your body, you know, all of these different things. And you can still affect change in the world. You do not have to be perfect to be great. And that is so inspiring to me about Billie Jean in general, but also just Billie Jean in this time period struggling through that. I think it was, that I think that message of the film, what what I think Simon Beaufoy, our writer, and and, yeah, and John writer. and Val, the directors, wanting to tell that part of the story, the personal parts of the story, where that's why it's so inspiring. You can you can go out there, you can be an activist, you can speak for what you know is right and true, and you don't have to have it all figured out, but you can be figuring it out and still and still do great things. But you're always figuring out life. Even at oh, always, of course. Force him, of course. You should be 20. I was going to say, don't, don't, uh, don't, give, her, don't, don't give her false. Uh, <laughs> we have the no, same no month fake, of birthdays. No, no fake news I love it. We're the same month of birthdays. We're the same month of birthdays. Same Jean. She's really an Emily Jean. Emily Jean and Billy Jean. So it's just November girls. I don't want to. She'll take this one because I know she will. But I have a hard time seeing this outside this political prison, whether it's Title IX, Betsy DeVos, whether it's you shot this at a very different time politically, does it, you think it helps the movie or, or do you think it complicates the movie that, uh, I think it's, it's both, hard, it's hard to detach it I think it's both, but I, but I, I don't know, ask Emma, she's what a young one, because you're our future girl, that's why you're now in the future more than I am, and I, my job is to pass the baton to you. So now I just passed it. You're in a relay. <laughs> to be honest, I, I don't, think you've been speaking out a lot. Well, I think that you've been listening to some of her quotes. Well, oh god, you've been on the spot. I'm just gonna no, you've been great. Right no, <laughs> you've, you've spoken up. She's the best coach she in the world. You up exactly. <laughs> um, the privilege. I, uh, I, I think you know this is a true. This the battle of sex is a true story. Whether whatever the outcome had been of the election, this still would be the story. This still is what happened. This is. This is what happened 44 years ago. So, how that's reflected now through this prism is, you know, it, it's going to be each person's take on exactly. it anyway. It's, it's I, you know, each person. If you're a Republican, you're going to think one way. If you're a Democrat, if you're an independent, if you're we're, Green we're, Party. we're at a moment that maybe we weren't when you were filming. Right, a smart, that? competent, respectful, talented woman beat this man. <laughs> let me say one thing. One thing I am a huge in the battle believer of the in, sexes. The one, thing I, the one thing my brother and I were taught is that never ever take anything for granted and never think something's over until it's over. Okay? So in tennis, and I was screaming at people, actually screaming, not kind of like, well, not screaming, but being very strong about it. Would you guys stop talking about Hillary winning? It's, 
until she's shaking hands at the net and she's won, it's never, ever over. I mean, athletes understand this better than anyone. It could be match point. You can have the ball on the strings and miss it and not end up winning that match, okay? I mean, Federer had his chances the other night. It, we have lived it day in and day out. And if we don't use that lesson that we learned on the court, off the court, we're crazy. It's not over until you're shaking hands at the net. And I am such a believer in that. And never, ever underestimate your opponent, ever. And my dad taught Randy me that. And what did Bobby say when he jumped the net? I underestimated you. And my dad and mom happened to be at this match because they hardly ever went to tennis at all, ever. Didn't you say to Bobby, we did it, didn't we? No, he told me that. No, he told me we did, didn't it? Because I kept trying to tell him it's about history, not about money. It's about uh, social change. Bobby, this is very important historically. How about that money, honey? <laughs> you know, he's all about money. <laughs> and uh, up to his dying day, I'm sure. But, you know, we both told each other we love each other. I said, I love you. And he said, I love you too. And he said, I think um, we did make a difference, didn't we? Because I told him we can make a difference. He didn't, he didn't understand any of that until he had perspective. And that's why if you were playing Bobby, you wouldn't have talked to him either. <laughs> no, you wouldn't have, because it yeah. would have been a very yeah. different situation. What did you learn about tennis? What did I learn about tennis? That it is hard, beyond hard, so difficult it's crazy. You've got only yourself to rely on out there. There's no team with you. I mean, there is a team in some, you know, in some respects, but not in, obviously, when you're playing, playing singles. singles. And it is incredibly mentally challenging the you know the sports psychology that i was reading about or visualization was so beneficial because you understand that you are you're alone up there but the nice thing that was comparable for me and billy jean said early on it's like dancing out on the court yeah. but it's also like acting it's also like you totally. know having a scene partner and going back and forth with each other so if i could use my prism you know to understand the the kind of intensity it was it was it's so much alike the, the lessons from this role you can and from this engagement well, oh that you'll, yeah uh, you'll no, but like when, when i, I coach in my job every day yeah but when i coach i, I said the actors always talk about act as if and I, I remember telling Lindsay davenport when she was on the fed cup team act as if even if you don't feel it act as if keep acting because then you'll become it if you keep doing it enough you'll become it now i don't know if they say that but i know they say act as if yeah, but so I know for me personally. Fake it till you make it. Yeah, fake yeah. it till you make it. You got. I said you have to get in that frame of mind. You have to think you can win. You have to stand up straight. You have to think strong. You have your body language is so it's so important. You have to think you can play Billie Jean King. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I no, you do. You got to think about it. Look at the risk you took. Because I am. Alive. I think if someone's not alive, it's, I would think it's easier. They can't come back at you. Yeah, no, <laughs> no that's and, what I kept doing. No, but I think I really admire her for saying, okay, I'm going to do this. You know. Billy's still alive, I'm just gonna go for it, which I've tried to put my myself in your shoes and I was like, wow, okay. Can I tell you this this rapport is like the ultimate validation that you uh you nailed it. She got, no, she got it right now. Yeah, exactly. Everyone did, but she I mean this was like your uh, I feel like you guys are like I told you this what? it's like you're doing PR in 1973 and you're going from the local radio station now to yeah, the, right. to the car dealer oh, yeah. to laying down the court yeah, we were in the car dealers yeah it's a little different scale here but, uh, <laughs> a little different scale but it's still all the same it really um, is it's a great film thank you so much thanks so much thanks John that was fun all right, fun conversation. That was Billie Jean King and Emma Stone. I think you got a sense of the uh, the dynamic between the two of them. Billie Jean, uh, a mentor to all. Billie Jean King, Jamie Lasanti, is one of these people we will be telling our grandkids about uh, an American treasure, and she's still going strong. 
Um, all right, let's transition. So after Billie Jean and Emma Stone, I had a chance to sit down with the directors. Again, this is Jonathan Dayton and Valerie Ferris. They're a husband-wife team. They are delightful. They um, came, I, it's, I think they talk about this, they came fairly late in the game. They're not huge tennis fans or anything like that, but they really, I think, added a lot to this. And um, you can see some of the touches. You can see that they got their start with videos. I think some of the filmmaking uh, suggests that. You can also see that there's a sweetness that they had. You ever see Little Miss Sunshine? Yeah, I was going to say All right, we got that. The, Finally, a reference. He, all right. We the love movie, Little. The movie, like, look of the movie is very similar from what I've yeah, seen Yeah, no, trailer. I think that's right. Yeah, I think I think that's I think that's really accurate. Um, kind of a different kind of movie, but it's really, yeah, there. there is an emotional strain. This is much more, I, I would not, again, I don't, I don't necessarily think of this as a sports movie per se, um, but I think, I think you're right. And I think they really nailed some of the, uh, the 30s atmospherics and they were awesome. I love talking to them. The, unfortunately, Sloan Stevens and Madison Keys were about to take the court, so we had to uh, disperse, but these are the kind of people like you want to be friends with. Anyway, uh, so, so that was, uh, we, you heard Billie Jean and Emma Stone. Let's get uh, talking with Jonathan Dayton. And his wife, Valerie Ferris. You know what the most trite question you can ask in this situation is? What made you want to do this? But, but I'm genuinely curious. Uh, what, actually, maybe not the most obvious choice. What, well, no. what made you want to you, do this movie? Uh, lots of things. I mean, I guess the, big, the, the basic attraction was that there was a lot about Billie Jean's personal story that we didn't know. That, that was going on during the time of this match. Like we, we knew about the match, we were alive when it happened, but her story in which the, her personal struggles at that time um, were really the, the story that hadn't been told and what we were interested in sort of exploring and, and presenting. The, the deeper we got into, we also realized that Bobby Riggs had his own, you know, private drama that we could show. And there, there's an amazing cast of characters in this movie. I think that in addition to Billie Jean and Bobby's story, Ted Tinling and Gladys Heldman, who are larger-than-life fascinating characters and, and, you know, deserve movies of their own. <laughs> and, you know, so that was, I think, it was such a rich story full of incredible characters. And Do you, do you remember watching the match? I didn't watch it. I, I, we didn't watch a Don't lot of TV Billie in my James, house, but, we didn't but, watch but, 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 yeah. I, but I remember Bobby Riggs being on the cover of Time magazine, and that meant a lot. That showed you how big this was. Right. What, um, I mean, what do you, when do you get into this process? We, we come in very early, and, um, you know, we spent a year on the script, just, just shaping Actually, it. We, we read it in February of 2015. We met with Emma a little bit because she went La La Land came together and heard of it yeah so we waited for her to train for that shoot that and then train for our movie so it was a, a total of about I guess a little over a year of, of working on the script and developing it uh, while Emma was off doing La La Land what, what is that like when she comes back from this I mean she hadn't won an no, Academy she, Award but no, no, no. vaulting well, you know, triumphant Emma, movie yeah there are very few actors like Emma. You know, when she commits to something, she gives it everything. And she had to completely transform her body. She, on La La Land, she was in shape, but she was tiny. Real thin. So she worked with um, the guy 
who trains Matt Damon for the Bourne movies. So she worked to, you know, with an action hero trainer to like add 13 muscle. 13 pounds of muscle. And she ate like a horse. And, you know, I mean, she, she's hard for her to keep weight on. And the whole time we were shooting, we, we ended up shooting the tennis match last. So that's when she wanted to look the most buff. But she'd be doing so push-ups and trying to stay on the set. Her, yeah, keep her biceps, you know, pumped. And but she, she you know, she works. And this, this was when? This was we shot in April of 2016 for 35 days. So, so my my loaded uh, my loaded question is: I, I watch this, and I think it's hard to see this outside the prism of. Uh, Hey, a woman might be our first president. And oh, hey, there's, there's I a. Um, I know. Well, I know. when we made it, we had no idea who would be president, and you know, in fact, we imagined that it might be Hillary, and Hillary's good friends with Billy Jean, so you know, it's uh, quite a different world than the world we were in when we made it. But but it didn't really change the story that we were telling. You know, we we didn't change anything based on um, the world being turned inside out <laughs> we, you know we just uh, the whole that, end of democracy didn't yeah, <laughs> yeah. no uh, but, but I think it, you know it'll be interesting to see how audiences embrace the film now you know uh, we didn't want it to be polarizing I mean it obviously has an opinion but it's it was important to us that it focus on the personal story and that the politics come from that yeah. Where, what are sort of your process for, I don't know, what's the calculus for documentary versus mm. making a movie? I mean, obviously, we, we expect some license, and this is right. not, you're not documentarians, but where, well, where sort of the line is. How much do you take? And, well, um, the script did some of that in terms of collapsing the time period. You know, certain events take place over three years' time. We, we put them into a much uh, tighter time frame, but... Um, we didn't take a lot of license. I mean, part but we we went the opposite direction. I mean, we really sought to get as much real archival, information. Archi- you, know. you know, so we have the real Howard Cosell and and Jack Eric. Kramer's rebuttal during the broadcast. And is, Eric Severide saying, you know, Bobby Riggs thinks um, you know women are lousy and they right. shouldn't be allowed on the court. You know, it was much more powerful to us to try to use those real moments to kind of place you in those times. But you know, you take. I think where we take license is the most important thing was to try to get her the truth of her personal journey and her struggle. And as long as we're being true to that, then um, we take license, you know, in terms of how to tell that story. It's, uh, you see these lists of 100 best sports movies? They're seldom tennis, uh, is no. not on that list. No, in well, fact, yeah, we, we, we really, we studied uh, other tennis movies and we looked at sports movies. And, you know, without question... We are a sports movie, among other you th- things. You think? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think we're gonna. I mean, it you know, ends with I want to enter that. I, it's event. it's not a pure sports movie, but we, I feel we think like it's a part love story, part sports movie. So I, I want to I want to be on that list if we can. I, you know, yeah. I'm not saying the it top ten, to, but I. And then also, you know, it was challenging because the match was fairly one sided, and it wasn't exactly no, it wasn't a like dramatic. Teaming with drama. Yeah, it wasn't no, like no. down to the last set. Um, so it was. Uh, we had to take some license with how to make that match right. dramatic. Yeah, but 
Matt McEnroy says there's no, it's just tennis is too hard to fake athletically. It yeah, possible? no, it is. So th- that's why we had real, real pros players. playing. The um, Can I ask you about your process? Yeah. Sure. You ever see other people's money? Catherine no. Keener and or no no people uh, was oh, no, friends, friends with friends with money yeah 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 she's yeah, a friend, friend of ours yeah. I um how do you guys work together I'm sorry. <laughs> well, we get that question a lot, no but you, you but, know honestly you no, see but, two directors and you assume oh someone came in and polished it and their agent made sure their name stayed on the credits <laughs> that, that's not the case no, with you. how no, did no, you we've uh, done everything together since college we've we've only made movies together and and we're married we have kids so. But Which is a lot like directing. Parenting is a lot like directing. If you can do that with someone else, then you can probably direct with them. Directing is easier because yeah, the actors okay. listen to you. The crews or the, the kids don't always. Yeah. But, but, you know, I mean, we both do everything, and, you know, it's a constant dialogue. And, and so, you know, it's nice to be able to explore a subject in a safe environment with just the two of us, and then you go to set, and you, we always have to have a plan. We probably have spend more time in prep, you know, than maybe a, a single director would, because we need to be on the same page, so we, you know, we explore the material together, we act it out sometimes, we, you know, we really have to be, we have, have to kind of have experienced the movie, the two of us, before we go to shoot it. So how are these, you know... It's like practicing. Oh, my with any collaboration, you've got this creative differences, and sometimes well, someone... Sometimes we'll disagree we we, and, and we, we, we do argue and at um, home usually yeah and, and not on the set and, but we have kind of a rule that whoever's most passionate wins and you know and, and usually it's pretty clear that someone uh, and it's usually Valerie who's right so yeah. I won't ask whether that extends beyond your creative difference yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a good yeah. rule to uh, yeah. that's a good yeah, rule to live yeah, by yeah, yeah. Um, but you figured out how to we well, you know, when we got married, the, the guy who married us said, you should never go to bed angry. And we kind of have that rule that you have to reset every night. And and so whatever whatever's going on... You can't hold a grudge on, for too long when you have to go to work and face, you know, a hundred-person crew and you have to give them direction. And, you know, it's... Um, but we don't, we don't... Like, by the time we've gotten to the point of, like, being on set and, and working together, we've worked out a lot of the wrinkles and arguments so because we have to fight we're like a unified front you know it, there's a lot of fighting you know arguing. I was going to say I'm sure the whole army can oh, sense yeah. The, yeah. the general's tension yes. if uh, yeah, you're yeah, yeah. yeah how'd you make the transition from uh, from videos, to, videos? to long well, form you know uh, we we did commercials and videos and the studio started to take an interest in video directors and uh, we got a lot, a lot of early offers but it took Little Miss Sunshine, the the script really hooked us, and then, and then you know, took but, five but, years to get that made. You know, but, but but we take a long time to make our films. It's it's uh, now that our kids are out of the house, it's a little easier. They're, is that they, is that the case? They yeah, are yeah, yeah, yeah. Out of the house, yeah. so now we can kind of we can travel to work, and um, we don't need to make as they're almost out of college, so then we'll not have to earn so much money. Oh, you're, you're the lucky. You're, then they're not coming home. That's, I don't know. Uh, they are, but we'll see. All right. We'll see. I always think, let, let Olive be Olive. Oh, yeah. very, very good. I'm no, impressed. That's like one of my, uh, yeah, one of my parenting good. roles. Uh, um, yeah. But yeah. I was thinking, does it, 
is it an advantage or does it complicate things to have worked with an actor before? The second Steve Carell. Oh, oh, it's yeah, an yeah, advantage. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, yeah. it is. It's great. Yeah. You have a shorthand because working with you know, it always takes a little while to get to know what an actor needs on the set, and and working with Steve before was great, and and we would and try to find a project we could do together for the ten years it took between the two movies, but. Uh, I mean, it could be a disadvantage, but we haven't experienced that. And, you know, he was the perfect guy for the role, and you know, he plays tennis, and he, tra- as like Emma, he trained for four months. Study he did. Bobby. He trained to, for four uh, months yeah, with, with Lorne. Lorne Cool. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, of course. So, yeah. so, so Lorne not only taught him Bobby's game, but he taught him told about him Bobby. So many the man. amazing stories about Bobby. I mean, Bob, that was another thing I think that surprised us about this story. As we looked into Bobby's story, just what a fascinating character he was, and what a character he right. was, and you know, clearly a really talented, smart guy, and you know, just happened to be a really great showman, you know, hustler. You know, you're I mean, people forget that they think he's a sort of this degenerate gambler. He was a great player. Oh, he was a great oh no, he player, was, and, and Billy player. Jean knew that more than yeah. anyone. Right. Yeah. yeah. The. Um, I mean, so, no, it's. I feel like if you. You see Michael Scott with a four. I, I was yeah. joking. It felt like Michael Scott with a forehand, but then he sort of rounded into a, right. a much fuller character. Well, yeah. you know, it's hard because, you know, Michael Scott is has a lot of Steve in him. So there's always going to be that comparison. But but he he's also a very transformative actor. And, yeah. And you know, he could watch, you know, all those press conferences, all the, you know, playing with the lion chained to his arm, you know. Yeah, the, right, exactly. All, there's a right, lot of right. footage and a lot of stuff he could study of Bobby, and, you know, I think he really captured Bobby, but there's still some Steve in there, too, you know. How did you, I was talking to Emma about it, and she said, you know, with Billie Jean, she's this, you know, she's a strong personality and still right. very much a presence, yeah. but I also wanted to remember I was not oh, dealing yeah. with a 70-something-year-old yes. no, no, woman. No. I was a yeah. 28-year-old. How, yeah. did, how did you sort of Keep this. Yeah, I just well, sort of keep this distance, we, but also yeah. not well, exclude. We her. all met with Billie Jean at different times, and we loved getting to talk to her about this period. But we very quickly realized that Billie Jean, at seventy-three, is fully formed, and this was a, a time in her life where there was so much confusion. And she used the word "confused," you know, a lot when she talked about these periods. So, at a certain point, we kind of had to just. Take the evidence. Look at the Step evidence, away but and not, you know, talk to her as much. Right. You know, right. there, there's a key moment in the broadcast when uh, Billie Jean's won, and she's not happy. You, you, there's no See joy on her face, face. Yeah. and that was really interesting. Or even to us. relief. It wasn't yeah. really like it's over. You know, she, she just seems sort of. That was because still, of what? Well, I think the personal. I think I think there were so many things going on in her, and you know, while it was a a momentary victory, I think she felt like there was so much more ahead. And I mean, I who knows? She was still unhappily married. Right. Right. You know, there are there's a lot more to the story than we tell. We we end it right there, and there's you know so much that happened after. Um, But I feel like you get a sense of that, what she was facing. There's that one line, they're, they're so happy they have $7,000 in person. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. people can see where we're... Yeah, yeah but, but yeah. people, you know, this, we're saying the winner, 
U.S. Open winner gets almost four million dollars at the Billie Jean King Tennis Jeez. Center yeah. with the me. See this monstrosity oh, yeah. that we're. Yeah, 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 yeah. What do the women make? 50-50. Totally. It's the it same. It's the same. It's the same. But but yeah. but yeah. Right. Billie Jean didn't 25 make million dollars. No. Yeah. No. Billie Jean didn't but, make that money in her whole career. Yeah. You know. I mean, right. They, yeah. Right. So. Just only fairly recently, right? Since 2010. That there's parity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it all, I mean, at all four majors. But yeah. no, but I wonder what it's like for you to you make this movie. You're grounded in 1973. You've got pink noses and right, right, you know, right. You know, no. Eric Sever. I mean, and yeah. then yeah. you're seeing here. Yeah, no, I mean, this is evidence of Some how progress. far we've gone, yeah. and you know, and yet there'll be a story in the news that suggests that there's still a lot more, you know. Well, yeah, what did I see? 173 years? Yeah, it's what they predict, predicted before for equal pay. Yeah. Equal pay. Well, I mean, look at the NBA and the WNBA. You know, there's there's nothing close to parity there. Did, dare I say? No, what? I mean, your well, industry is not a big Oh, no, too, no, right? uh, no, absolutely. You know, we paid our actors all the same on this movie. Um, you know, Emma and Steve got the same. But, is that right? But, oh, yeah. Oh no, and and but but and it's now, it's and not. And there are common. directors like Patty Jenkins, who's the highest paid female director. But not. I'm waiting for the day when it'll be the highest paid director. director. It'll be a woman. You know, we don't have to say female director. There's a, I'll point out the obvious. There is something poetic that, that you share a household. But, oh yeah, uh, yeah. No, I, it, it 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 probably does affect what the movie is. I couldn't venture to say how, but. I didn't know. So Steve, Steve Carell and Neva made the same, same amount of same money. Fee. Yeah. Same fee. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, Clearly, favored, it's called favored nations, right? right. I, I don't. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think we had favored nations across the board. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, wait, can, can I geek out with you for uh, sure. sixty seconds? Yeah, sure. Tonight, tonight. Oh, oh my God! Yeah. Oh. Wow. That's all-time great. Uh, oh well, thank you. That thank that, you. that was. Um, uh, that's, what was going, that's going back. Where did that come from? Um, well, George where did the idea Where did the idea come from? It, it, there's a silent a French silent film yeah, right, director. Right. Yeah, yeah, and so, but you know what was funny is that that film or that video happened at the very last minute. We were going to do a Busby Berkeley like musical oh, number, yeah. and, and and the Red Hot Chili Peppers did one just before, and when we found out about it, we had to completely change what we were doing so we said to Billy you know we showed him like some little clips we showed of him a trip, trip to, to the, the moon. moon and we're like we think we're gonna use it. and then we shot it exactly like you know in that same yeah right style. with a hang right. right. camera exactly. yeah, yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. it was very fun I, I miss that that's was, an all time I was gonna say that's uh, a little bit of a relic but yeah uh, it is a relic yeah. now did you so were you a music video I was a music video music fan yeah. but yeah. that I mean that was that's a sensational. Oh, that was fun. Well, thank you. But there are some great ones. You know, there, yeah. it was fun when they, were, they used to play them on the television. Remember? Vaguely. Like, no, I I'm, trying, I'm trying to think. What's another? No, but other, I'm trying to think of other directors that got to start that way. David Fincher. Yeah, David Fincher. Yeah, Jones, yeah, exactly. Spike. Michelle Gondry. Uh, Michael Bay. I mean... Yeah, we were lucky to weird. be... What was the Fincher video? It's some... Completely oh, like it's a well, totally Stevie, incongruous Steve, song. Stevie never... Winwood was. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, right, yeah right. that was an amazing video. Right. Um, yeah. He, I mean, he did tons. He did a Aerosmith, bunch of Madonna videos. Madonna, Paula Abdul. Remember her? <laughs> so going back into the this '90s, really is when that's, we uh, did most of our I was going to say this is a relic of another era. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. that's a great one. Um, any other? 
Do you, do no. You, do no. Any fun facts? Uh, no, but any any other tennis? I mean, is this well? You know what? Off, or does this does this whole sort of weird subculture intrigue you? Oh no, yeah. it does. And you know what was fun is that of the original nine. I don't know if I said this, but you know, in our cast of the original nine, half are actors and half are tennis players. So, so a lot of the pe- the women, you know, in that we're group acting. were acting okay. for the first time. They're real. They were the players. They were the real right, players. Right, right. So yeah. it's kind of cool that they got along so well and. and I'm, I mean, I am thrilled to get to go to the U.S. Open. It's our first time. We've never been. And we used to be members of the Mulholland Tennis Club in Los Angeles. <laughs> but oh, we, I know where that is. That's great. Know, I know where that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, that's great. So, really so, great so this so you, we, we can um, hit the ball. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We can hit the oh, yeah. ball. Yeah, oh, no, we can appreciate it. So we're, we're yeah. you know, in awe here. Yeah. Congrats. This Thank was great. you. Very oh, nice to meet you. Thank you. Very nice to meet you. All right, that's our Battle of the Sexes podcast for this week. Again, thanks, Billie Jean King, Emma Stone, Jonathan Dayton, Valerie Ferris. Obviously, this was all done during the U.S. Open. Uh, This was part of the run-up to Battle of Sexes, which premieres September 22nd. And again, I say this uh, with complete and utter objectivity. I thought it was quite good, and Rotten Tomatoes' Jamie Lasanti seems to agree with me. Hmm. Will this get Emma Stone her second consecutive Oscar? Uh, who knows? But it's it's worth your twelve bucks. How much are movies where you? Uh, oh my gosh, they're not twelve. Yeah, sixteen. It's so much money. Wait, sidebar. I was just talking about this with someone today. If you could watch a new release in the comfort of your own home, where you knew you had a seat, you didn't have to wait until showtime, you didn't have to sit through twenty minutes of previews, you could drink your own beer, you didn't have to decide whether to go to the bathroom or hold it. I mean, I I think this is a new way. I. You I can, feel like I'm getting can. old, but I hate going to movies now. Have I you just... ever heard of a fire stick? <laughs> Got to cut this podcast for the uh, for the middle aged man response. What's a fire stick? We'll talk about it later. Um, I don't think it's um, it's not illegal. Maybe it's like sort of legal. Like the way I saw Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather sort kind of, of like uh, that. smudge that exactly. line. Exactly. I'm just saying. I know you I sound like an, I sound like an old man when I say home. this. Going to the movies is becoming an increasingly less pleasant experience. Um, I like movies. I like TV. I would happily pay a premium to watch these things without having to leave my home. Anyway, uh, go see Battle of the Sexes. It's really quite good. It gives you a sense of uh, what I I think you come away with, obviously, a new sense of Billie Jean King. It's got some good tennis history. It puts today's WTA tour in perspective. Uh, Again, we talk about... Here are women scratching and clawing for uh, a purse of seventy five hundred bucks, and now Sloan Stevens makes three point seven million dollars. Um, all right, that does it for this week. Go to the movies um, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher. Richard Deitch always says that we need to say leave a comment. I'm not sure what that means, but uh, anyway, um, thanks to all of our guests. Thanks to you, Jamie Lasanti, our trusty producer. We will have a new guest next week. Have a good week, everyone. Thank mm-hmm. you.